Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Is that a fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! All right, welcome in, everybody. It is the Friday edition of the Important Nonsense Podcast, trust or bust style. Kicking it off, we have myself, Steve Bonham, co-host Neil Smith, and of course, once again, Mr. Jason Draven, his show, helping him helping him run this show right now. So Here we go. Well, at that FF nerd on basically everything, right? Just yeah. anywhere the in whole the point. universe. Yeah, yeah. If, they just, if they summon that, that's you in some way, shape, or form, correct? That was the goal. Well, it, it worked. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm at nonsense underscore Steve on pretty much everything. Neil at nonsense underscore Neil on pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. So there you go. Pretty easy. Easy to remember. So this week we are talking, of course, about the news. First and foremost, this, uh, boy, this headache that is... Antonio Brown. I'm telling you, he filed that grievance way too late for that helmet. It's just he, <laughs> boy, the concussions that were, have gone unreported. I just I feel so bad for it's his neurosurgeon. Uh, we, need recul- we need the reckless, reckless speculation drop <laughs> brought over to this show. <laughs> if we're gonna do that to people. Uh oh, I don't like the sound of that. That's the closest thing I close got. Close enough. Close uh, enough. We'll go with that. Close enough. Uh, so basically, you know. Yesterday, he's off the team. They're going to cut him. They're suspending him. They're going to get back their money. It's at least a four-game suspension, maybe the year. Who knows what they're going to do. And now he cries at a press conference this morning in a meeting with the team. And is he's sorry. He's just so sorry. And it's okay. So now he's going to go back to starting. And then tomorrow he'll get suspended again. Before Sunday, they reinstate him. And then on Monday, his uniform will be too tight, so he won't complain. He'll, he'll just file a grievance, won't show up. But he'll look good in that I, tight uniform, though. So that's exactly. what's going to be so confusing. Right. He'll on look the side cut. Yeah. yeah, he'll look great as he stands there drinking that uh, whatever concoction he was making on Hard Knocks, whatever that was. With the blonde mustache. Yeah, Silver. Blonde mustache Silver mustache now. Silver really... mustache now. Oh, my bad. Uh, we should have known. At that point, we should have known the insanity was beginning. But That was the wake-up call. So now, if if you've been riding the AB roller coaster, and he's on a Monday night game, what are you doing? How is this affecting the entire Raiders' projections for that Monday night game? I'm being real selfish. I'm not playing AB. I mean, I don't trust him. It's not worth it. I I just I can't get on board with that. Um, if he does play, great. But I honestly think if he plays, Tyrell Williams is going to be great. And I really, if he doesn't, Waller's just going to have an awesome game. I mean, I think those two players will do great, and I mean, I'm very curious to see how the whole uh, Josh Jacobs experiment goes. I'm excited for him. He has a lot of talent, but it's going to be tough to try and make your own way with all the issues they have at O-line there. And I would say, uh, I'm, I'm right there. I, I, I just, it's, there's so much uncertainty that surrounds the whole situation at this point. We're in 48 hours. You've gone from going to be off the team to oh i'm sorry oh everything's been forgiven 
and with all the noise that surrounds it with the helmet and the feet and just on and on and on and on and on. I, I just don't see how, unless you have some other option on your team that's also going on Monday night, that you're going to feel super confident that AB is going to be out there and giving you what you drafted him to do. So for me, I'm probably looking elsewhere for a week and going to treat it as like a prove it week for AB and we'll see what he does in the game. Yeah, he's our consensus 10 for our uh, our wide receiver ranks this week. Uh, Tyrell Williams is the interesting one that everybody floats out after that. For me personally, I've got Ty Williams at 34. Uh, I think he's right in that wide receiver three range. I think he's kind of on the, the border of a breakout possibility if he were to uh if he were to get an expanded workload we've already seen you put him with his hand up running down the sideline what he can do uh another one that's gotten a lot of hype is hunter renfro he's going to be playing a lot of the slot for me personally i've got him way outside of range at 90 he's nothing more than a flyer uh poor man's cole beasley is kind of what everybody wants to refer to him as uh virtually bald man's cold Beasley. Very poor. So we'll see uh we'll, we'll see what he can do in the first week. It's also a great time to throw out our annual week 1 PSA that week 1 is the hardest week to predict and is also the easiest week to overreact to that typically means nothing. Uh see Graham comma Jimmy from yesterday. So that just kind of shows you exactly exactly what we're talking about there so speaking of that i mean mean, jimmy graham getting a touchdown is what saved his week i'm not not gonna bet on that he'll get Uh, i mean he's on pace for 16 touchdowns so so tight end one right (laughs) tight end one yeah gotta be perfect we'll get kyle to write that up right into uh (laughs) there you go segues us right into our uh our thursday night football review the what a what a stinker of a game that was. That was just awful. Like you can call it defensive play if you want, but my god, Mitch Trubisky. Woof. That was just that was rough. My guy Mitch was looking pretty terrible out there last nice night. Nice throw, Mitch. Um, oh, the best much. tweet of 2017. Takeaways uh for me. Look, we've talked about the Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams thing. I know you weren't, Neil. Jason, what was your take on uh, the Aaron Jones being kind of shunned into a committee? I mean, I've kind of figured they just can't commit to anybody, so I'm going to stick with that. I mean, Jones, I like him. All yesterday I was telling people I'm not comfortable playing him. I mean, he's probably a top 30 running back this week, was what I was saying yesterday. And now I'm not even sure. I don't know where he's going, if he's even going wow. really Episode chart. one, already discrediting himself. This yeah, is okay. not good. This is a terrible start. I'm Do we saying. have the back it up drop for this as well? We need the uh, the truck backing up noise. That's... <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't do it. I'm not a, I can't, I wasn't trusting him. And clearly that, ugh, he was just rough for me. And, well, the other, and on I, the other side, well, you Montgomery. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was, but Steve and I had both faded, had faded. Yeah, we talked about the committee we all season. This, so. At length because yeah. of the LaFleur. Because LaFleur is the guy who couldn't figure out that Derrick Henry was on his roster for like 14 weeks. So yeah, I had very little faith that he was going to come in and be able to like not make this whole thing a platoon that would devalue both of the players, unfortunately. Yeah, but he's still the more talented one. That's what I don't understand. Oh, that like, doesn't matter. So Derrick Henry's not, not more talented to Matt than Deion Lewis. It doesn't make any difference to Matt LaFleur. We know this. People with <laughs> eyeballs know this. But Matt LaFleur goes by his own system. 
which I don't know if it's like based on fantasy tape or puppet show or what exactly is going on puppet there. Show, but mostly. puppet show, uh, yeah. But David Montgomery show. was the other one that everybody wanted to talk a lot about, and I thought the most interesting takeaway last night: Allen Robinson, first of all, being a monster, not at all surprising. Uh, we've been hyping up Allen Robinson; he was going way too low all preseason. That the Bears' offense, in general, at least in my eyes, was going way too low. Uh, our guy Taylor Gabriel. Also, five targets. Only was able to haul in two of them, but that's more quarterback than anything else. Yeah, the accuracy wasn't great on on three of those, so not shocking. But of the entire game, Allen Robinson led with 13 targets. Tariq Cohen was second with 10. He had eight catches for 49 yards. Played more. He played 36 snaps as a receiver. Only two yep. out of the backfield had no carries. They had him in the slot. So he is... Long. Well, it was a slot, and they were spreading him out wide at times. I mean, yeah, they, look, to, do that too. to be fair, he's classified as a running back. He technically is a running back. If he continues to do these types of things and not play running back ever, they're going to switch his qualification to a wide receiver. It it will happen. If he plays enough snaps, then Yahoo and ESPN will adjust, and he will be switched to a wide receiver, which is basically what they're using him as right now. Uh, more than likely, he'll get the RBWR tag, which I know they hate doing. But uh, if he if he plays any, I kind mean, of hell, if Tavon back, Austin can still it. get that tag, then I don't see why yeah. Tariq Cohen why wouldn't. Well, Ty Montgomery tag. had it for a while as well, so like I know they hate doing it, but that's probably where this ends up because it's a one year adjustment. So for the year after, maybe they list him as something else, but. For 2019, he'd get the RBWR, which is super valuable for a guy like that for fantasy purposes. And what's insane is Devontae Adams had eight targets, and then Mike Davis had seven. Yeah, they so loved Mike Davis out there. They loved using Mike Davis out there. David Montgomery had one catch on his lone target. So they have two backs that they would prefer to throw the ball to. David Montgomery in standard play is still probably the guy I want long term, but in PPR. It feels like Cohen is going to be much more valuable if they're going to play him as a receiver, basically. Which is so confusing because they said they kept saying, oh, we gave him too much work last year. And I don't understand how that works out for the game if that's the case. I mean, you're using him as a wide receiver. Is that not getting Well, I more think touches? when they're saying they gave him way too much work, they're talking about running the ball. I think they're talking about he took too many hits. Between he the was tackles seeing too work, much action in the backfield. Yeah, they don't Whereas want here to he took 38 targets. snaps, but he saw 10 targets and no carries. So, I mean, by comparison, uh, David Montgomery had six carries, which led the team. Which, again, is pretty pathetic that in itself. But, I mean, you, you don't want him back there getting beat up. Now, we saw what Montgomery can do when he's got the ball, the elusiveness, and we've talked about that in the preseason as well. But The broken tackles. The, yeah. the, the ability to like put your hand down and then keep running. Not very many people can do that. And uh, believe it or not, uh, Geronimo Allison is still on the Packers. I don't Shocking. know if you knew that or not. Hey, Anthony Miller's because, still on the Bears. I mean, yeah, but at least <laughs> Anthony Miller actually was out there and was trying to do stuff. I mean, he was blocking... I mean, Geronimo <laughs> Ellison had one target, no catches, produced literally nothing. We were having the debate of, do you want MVS or Geronimo Ellison? And MVS led the Packers in yardage last night. And then left with an injury, which is worth yeah, noting. Yeah, well. And we'll see what happens, how that turns out. But he, he was on his way to having a nice little day and then kind of had that cut short. 
Yeah, man, I just love MVS. He's so quick, and the, if they keep him there and he's healthy, oh, it's going to be money all year. I'm so pumped for him. To what you were saying, Neil, uh, Anthony Miller also won target and played less than 25% of the snaps. Yeah, that's so. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's not looking good. <laughs> the the what's what's disconcerting about that is that Allen Robinson is the guy on the outside for sure. We thought it was a clear cut path for Anthony Miller on the other side. Yeah, and that and seems to be more. Yet, they're for playing some Taylor reason, Gabriel over there. They're playing Gabriel over there. They kept rotating Cohen to the outside, and they kept putting Corderell Patterson out there. Yeah, they played Corderell Patterson a ton when I was expecting him to mostly be there to run kicks. And he also, he looked exactly like Cordero Patterson, by the way. He also took a turn at running back and looked dreadful. So so my thought is, I'm wondering if they're not concerned about the nagging injuries that Miller has been dealing with throughout the preseason. I'm a, I, if they, if they weren't it. taking it easy on him. At least that's I, what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's what God. it is. But if they're going to do this offense where everybody's going to rotate around and we're going to try and get everybody involved, then frankly it sort of devalues everyone in my eyes that isn't Tariq Cohen because he's the real winner in that. He'll just play receiver. And frankly, anybody who invested in Cohen, since he was coming a little bit lower than his ADP has previous years, you suddenly found yourself a nice little slot receiver, potentially, if if what we saw is actually going to be the offense. Now, I got to tell you, I don't think it is going to be the offense the full time, especially given the results. You don't like to play the results here, but they looked terrible. And it wasn't just being out of sync. It was yeah, like, again, like we said, you don't want to overreact to the first. Yeah, you don't want to overreact, but that's that. Those were the immediate takeaways. Tariq Cohen played way more slot receiver than I think anybody had. Uh, in I'm guessing Matt Nagy owns Tariq Cohen in like every fantasy football format he plays. And in. my concern when I saw how much they were using Cohen is that it was going to cut into the numbers for Gabriel, and it actually just buried Anthony Miller on the depth chart, which stunned me. Yeah, they just they just kind of just went away from it, and it was really shocking. Like I, we were talking about, I didn't understand the personnel groupings they had. They're really weird to me, where they just didn't seem to like kind of... It's the same playbook, mostly, from last year. We saw the same plays. They're running the same tight end to one side, bunch receivers to the other side type of thing, and then rotating people around. But they had situations out there where they would have Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen, and then Cordero Patterson on one side, and it just it didn't logically kind of like line up to what we were expecting so it it was a little bit confusing i'm hoping they make some adjustments to that moving forward because it didn't it it also wasn't particularly effective yeah it was it was ugly to say the least defense look good de- de- defense look good <laughs> defense looks great i'm gonna yeah. shout out to all of our guys on the website for sure all the great work they've been doing so far this Woo! week week one lighting on fire good start to the season good start to the season i mean and and next week we'll get into our regular swing of things We've got our uh, Manic Mondays with Kyle Jones. We've got our Stock Watch on Tuesday. We've got the Podcast Wednesday. We've got Dynasty Thursdays. We've got DFS Friday and Saturday. Get so the uh, weekend with DFS. Nonstop. Nonstop. Remember, Sunday is the waiver column. First in the industry to get out the waivers every single week, every single year. People so, need to stop pushing us on that, too, because otherwise we're going to have to start doing the waiver column like Sunday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do this. I'll do it Saturday morning. It's going to start happening Saturday. Like, I'm waiting two more years. That's where we're going to be. But shout out to all those guys, the great work that they're doing on the website to get us started on the season. All right, gentlemen, the season is upon us. With week one kicked off, you can still make season-long investments for your non-Bears or Packers since they've already played their game. A serious injury to a player on your team can mean your wallet can take a heavy hit. 
With Roto Assurance, you can protect your fantasy football investments by purchasing a small one-time insurance coverage plan for one or multiple players on your team. So if a key player on your fantasy team gets hurt, Roto Assurance is going to pay you back your entry fee. Injuries might ruin your player season, but they don't have to ruin yours. This season, our listeners can get covered by Roto Assurance for 20% off. All you got to do is go to rotoassurance.com, and when you purchase a plan, enter the promo code NONSENSE. That's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, NONSENSE, to get 20% off your player coverage. Injuries can happen at any time, so don't delay. Head to rotoassurance.com and get covered today. Not tomorrow. Obviously not After yesterday. CSI today. Right now. Today. Do it. Just do it. All right. So, trust or bust, getting into this. We're talking about players that we love, players that we dislike. You can hit up Mr. Nerd himself at that FF Nerd uh, at importantnonsense.com is the email, correct? Or is it Jason Draven? It's Jason Draven which, on Which the, one did uh, I give you? Nonsense. I forget. It's, you know what? It's all it's... blended together at this point. I don't even remember. Yeah. It's, so, uh, was it Jason Draven? Jason, yeah, Jason underscore Draven. Draven? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, at it's at that FF nerd on the Fantasy Life app on Twitter, on Instagram. Yep, I'm on there for some reason. I'm not You're quite everywhere. sure why. Yeah, people sliding into your DMs. That's why. That's what you're looking I, for. Only one so far. So it's kind of lonely over there. <laughs> Just one creepy middle aged guy. All right. Good to know. Everybody Good needs help, and if that's where they're seeing it, I'm going to be yeah. there for them. Wow. All right. Well, that's that's awfully kind of you. But uh, you can go ahead and harass Jason as much as you possibly want on every possible platform to get your questions answered. First, we're going to be talking about Trusts or Busts, uh, favorite QBs of the weekend, Mr. Draven. All right, guys. So I'm going to tell you this just as a rule of thumb. I don't care where you drafted the people. If they're going against a tough defense, I'm not playing them. Like, I... I'm really nervous about Mahomes. I'm not going to uh, – his worst game last year was against the Jaguars. So I love that you drafted him. Great for you. Uh, it's not my way of thinking. So with that in mind, I think I go to my favorite game of this week end being the 49ers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and see Jimmy G and Jameis Winston, who I just absolutely think that these guys are going to go back and forth. The defenses I'm not impressed with, and I really just think that pretty much if you can get a hands-on player in that game, I'm wanting to play him. Uh, of course, I like Phillip Rivers versus the Colts. Uh, I think my biggest sleeper is going to be Nick Foles. I think people don't realize how bad the Chiefs' defense is, and so I'm I'm wanting to play him. I think that's just going to be another game that he's throwing a lot and getting around, and it's going to be great for fantasy Uh when it comes to moving around, you look at the next people I really like and Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. I mean, those guys are going all versatile, able to move around. They will more likely end up running into the end zone at some point. I mean, so they all, all have that rushing value incorporated into that, and I have them so high. Um, and I guess the one that I'm, I, I trust that I guess will probably make a lot of people feel weird is going to be Matt Stafford. I just, I like the game. I think he's going to throw it. I do think that they get up, so Carrion's going to be one of the people that he's going to be able to just kind of check down to and have him go his way with it, and it's going to work out really well for him. So yeah, I guess with that, that Arizona defense is terrible. I mean, that's 
So the the fact that he's so low on a lot of our lists is kind of surprising. But like you said, there's a possibility in that game that they just get up big and just walk away, and it's it becomes a running game. So I can kind of see the the logic there. The one that surprises me the most that I agree with you the most is Jameis. I mean, I have been one of the biggest Jameis naysayers this entire preseason, and yet I've got him at number four this week in that shootout of a game against San Francisco. He's our consensus five on the website, and he's only 26% started in leagues across ESPN. I mean, that just that blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, on Fantasy Life, people have been saying, well, uh, I, I have ben, Big Ben and Tom Brady, but I don't really trust either of them. Who should I play? I'm like, have you checked your waiver wire? I mean, <laughs> Winston is probably there. Go and get him. Yeah, with all the hype about, you know, Arians, the quarterback whisperer, the, the fact that he's so widely available too in a lot of leagues is, is pretty surprising to me. What's well, funny about is that there anything is that I, sticks out to you, Neil? I was going to say, I have him at QB6, actually, and it's funny because you know my feelings on Jameis. The idea that that man could fumble anything you hand him. He's he's waiting to fumble it. You can't toss sure, him keys. Crab legs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. crabs, anything. He will fumble it. So I'm surprised that I have him at six, but the matchup to your point and to Jason's point is just so, so tasty. So tasty. So before we move on to to bust, I did have one that we could get into that might segue us into uh, into the bust section, which is uh, Kirk Cousins. So I actually have Kirk Cousins uh, fairly highly rated this week, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of love for it because. But they're playing Atlanta in Minnesota, and Kirk Cousins is widely available and Atlanta's defense is just horrendous from what we've seen so far. It's been horrendous for years, but it's like, it looks particularly horrendous in it's week one. So why no love? Why no love? I, I can't get behind it, man. I just, I see them running a lot more. And that is really, a concern. That is a legitimate I, concern right there that they just pound it with Dalvin cook. And that's what their plan is. I mean, they literally fire, fired D Filippo for that reason. He wasn't <laughs> giving me the ball enough. I don't. I don't know why I, anybody would like him. I mean, I get it. He has great weapons, but at the same point, I'm also nervous about Diggs. Like that's if he's hurt, Fair point. He, he does horrible, which means Thielen is just going to eat everything that's thrown. And I guess it maybe check down to Rudolph, but Cook is going to be the guy that they're going to use. That's the whole point of them changing or firing DeFilippo, right? Theoretically, Damn. from the that outside looking in, that's the stated reason. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the the, the what they're telling you. I For the record, kind of we both have him as like a fringe starter. Uh, I've got him 13. I've got him at 15, and that's so, why I say yeah. fairly highly rated. Like yes. he's 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 our not guy Jack, high. best ball Jack Cavanaugh. He's got him number five shot call of the week. Yeah, that's a, ooh, that's a right in that. Throwing that down for hot take time machine. Spicy. That's a good one. That is a good one right there. Oh, uh, that's a good yeah. All right, that's that. uh, let's get your busts. Yeah, so like we led straight into it. Matt Ryan, uh, for pretty much the same reason, that Minnesota defense is good. I mean, their weak point is they're Rundy, and I think that that is part of the reason that Ryan's going to suck. I mean, he's going to hand it off to Freeman, and that's going to be how they get through the game. I mean, I'm hoping that he can maybe find something, but with the news that Julio is holding out, plus when Julio sits out, that's not helping. That's not helping. So, I mean. I kind of feel like that's just kind of a Calvin oh, Ridley period. wide receiver one. Muhammad oh Sanu. yeah, I'm pumped. Oh, Sanu would have great value here. Uh, but then we move to the people who I—I I mean, sticking with contracts, 
Dak. I mean, I literally saw some pop up today that said, well, they're still working on contract. I want to get it done by Sunday. Well, it doesn't really matter because they're going to hand it off to Zeke or they're going to hand it off to Pollard and they don't have to go against a tough D. It's the Giants. I mean, I'm not worried about the Giants defense. And then moving into, the, I guess, then another game that that's, I think is going to be a blowout is going to be for Russell Wilson. I'm not, I mean, I don't trust the fact that, oh, it's Pete Carroll's offense. We're going to run the ball. And I don't know who Wilson's even really going to throw to. I, I get Mac, Metcalf is healthy-ish. And then Lockett is healthy-ish. No, he's pretty healthy. But well, DK like, Metcalf got removed from the injury report, so uh, that's that's a good sign that he. Yeah, was, and I'm excited about that. Too. I'm excited about no, it. I'm actually been playing him. I'm actually playing him. Driving that bandwagon. So, oh, that's gonna hurt you. Forward to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling. Yeah. Play Marquise Goodwin. He's on my. He's on your little list here. We'll get to that later. But yes, uh, you should. Uh, uh, you and Fantasy Pros are in agreement on that. But let's not dovetail off this too far. So you're saying that the, that game's going to end up in a blowout? So the Seahawks just take it to people is kind of the with Chris Carson is kind of the narrative there, or the thought process I should say. Well, Carson and well Penny Penny's also there, so they're going to use both of them and just run. No, 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 no. We don't talk about. <laughs> we don't talk about them. You up? You that's my team name in the staff league. You up? Me. Yes. Jason, that's a running joke that goes back like three years for the purposes of informing you on that. Which is that my my supposition on Pete Carroll is that Pete Carroll is absolutely the guy who sends you up texts. Okay, if you get Pete Carroll's phone, it's littered with you up texts. All right, that's that's he's absolutely the kind of guy that does that. So that's that's the backstory on that. So sorry if that kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, all good. I mean, I I like to see him chewing that gum every weekend, so it works out great for me. <laughs> I like to see him get flipped off by. Yeah, his that's players. right. The bush push. That's <laughs> I right. like to see him get flipped right. off by his players. That's that's my favorite part. Of yeah, it works. Uh, but before we pivot off that, so, uh, Dak is where I actually, uh, I run contrary to you on that just a little bit. Cause I understand they're going to just pound the ball with Zeke, but I kind of view this game as like a statement game for the Cowboys where it's, we're back, you're in the division. We are just going to run the score up and that's kind of where I get to. So I think you're actually going to see uh, a little bit more passing than what you might otherwise see, uh, as we roll forward here. So I actually don't mind Dak this week. So that's just my two cents on the matter. But I completely understand where you're coming from if you're thinking it's just going to be a grounded pound festival because I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that that couldn't happen. And at that same point, I mean, I don't think that he's going to throw to Cooper. I think it's going to be Gallup. And that's going to be another kind of... Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's my my, my thought on it. Week. Yeah, topic for next week. Interesting. Michael Gallup. Okay. What about, uh, what about, uh, what about Witten? What about old Stumpy? Six yards, turn around, fall in the end zone. I mean, he he's still there. Does that count? He's alive. <laughs> exactly. And for tight that, end, that's typically that's all that matters. All yeah. he has to do is be there and be Jason Witten and run six yards and turn around and fall down, cash the check. That's <laughs> so. I always mean, I worry about that a little bit. Well, it's it, it's the Antonio Gates debacle, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to play this year because your tight end hurt. Let's do this. Well, I'm kind of old. <laughs> Double plan a fast tear waiting to happen and i don't say that. and i could back that up with medical records okay that's that's not me being a jerk that happened oh yeah that's, right, oh, that's what i pivot said. here let's go to uh defenses that you like this week well i mean i kind of hit on two of them so we were talking about dallas that's going to be a run-up game and i don't like the giants i mean they're going to use barkley and they're going to pass it to ingram and I guess maybe sprinkling Shepard, but it's one of those things that I, I don't see them scoring a whole lot. 
And with the fact that Dallas is going to just run it, and more than likely I even see Pollard getting a lot more work because of the whole Zeke issue and everything else that went on along with along with that. I'm just it's I'm I want Dallas. Their defense has been solid, and I I just think it continues. And again, we talked about it earlier. Seattle, the Seahawks are going to be there on the same level. I just I don't see it working out for the offense. It's not gonna it's not gonna do it. So and it's a slow down game. Carroll likes it that way, and it's just what he does. So he's going to control the clock, and it's going to work out great for him there. A game that I really just it's going. I feel like it's going to be similar to the Bears and. Green Bay, it's going to be the Jets and the Bills. It's going to be a slow game. It's not going to be anything super impressive. But I, you'll have those, oh, wow, look at that long pass. It looks great. But I don't think that it's going to be an over 50-point game. I mean, I'll, I'd be surprised if it broke the 40 mark. Uh, and then the Titans, it's the same thing. They like to slow down the game. I, I hate watching them play. It's super ugly, but... The talent's there. The defense is solid, and more often than not, they're just they're it's going to be a low scoring game. It's just how they've always been. Yeah, I think the the trusts that I like compared to uh, the general public, I'm not as big on the uh, the Jets as you have there, but I'm I'm higher up on uh, believe it or not the Jaguars this week. Uh, just because the defensive talent is there, as you mentioned, it was Mahomes' worst game of the season last year when uh, they played the Jags. So I think that just because they're playing Kansas City, you know, they're getting kind of a bad rap, and uh, people are kind of you know running away from that matchup where it's not going to be as terrible as people might consider. And then you know their schedule gets a little bit lighter after that as well. So uh, picking up the Jags is certainly not the worst thing you could do. It's funny. I actually don't mind the Jets as much. And what I was going to say, Jason, is I don't. I like the uh, theme that these are connected by, especially for Week One, where offenses typically struggle across the league and defenses can play faster. So picking picking these makes a lot of sense because uh, you're in matchups where they're going to deliberately try and slow the game down and try and make it a low scoring affair. And you've kind of gone with teams that should be successful in doing that. Uh, I have the Jets at the back end of starting. I have them at twelve. So I don't mind the Jets uh, too bad. The one that I really like, even by other people's standards, is the Bills. I think the Bills are going to have their way with the Jets. I'm sure the Jets will put up some points, so it's, but it's, it's going to be turnovers. I'm, I'm expecting the Jets to turn the ball over at least two or three times in that game. Yeah, that's definitely going to be on both sides of the ball, I feel like. Yeah, there's going to be some turnovers on both sides for sure. That's going to be a slop game that's going to get really ugly really fast. Busts? I, I really just come down to one team that, I mean, is going to probably be a shocker, but I'm not wanting to play the Patriots at all. I just, it's... Not a good game. Uh, they're going to be hanging their championship banner. I'm, I like Foxborough, but man, I I just don't see that being a ideal situation for them. I think Ben's going to come out and throw it and just cause some havoc against them, and it's not going to be one of the higher scoring defenses, in my opinion. So, known fact about the Patriots: uh, first four weeks of the season, Belichick likes to ro- rotate in even more of his backups and his third string than normal. That's why they kind of usually look so sluggish at the beginning part of the season. Well, that and it's everybody's kind of getting clicking. But uh, with them, they're well coached enough that that's usually why they kind of look kind of sloppy. He's playing a lot more of his backups early on. And the reason that he always gives on that is, well, I got to find out in the first couple weeks of the season if I can count on this guy, because I'm not trying to find that out in week 10, that this guy just can't hack it. So he likes to give those guys a lot of run early, and then he'll cut you or trade you 
uh, if he doesn't think you're going to be the right fit at that time. So, no, I'm not a big fan of them either uh, this week uh, against the Steelers, who I think are going to be out to try and prove a point that, hey, we're still here, uh, you know, still here, still selling fake doors, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I still like the Patriots this week. I'm fine with them. And the reason I was so high on them in preseason is because after this tough matchup in week one, the next, I believe, seven games in a row are all top 10 defensive matchups. So if you've got the Patriots, or if someone gets scared and cuts them, it's the perfect time to jump on it because it's smooth sailing for basically the entire first half of the season. The second half of the season is a different story. Yeah, yeah. The first half of the season. You want to cut bait on point. You got to cut bait on this at some point. Let's go with tight ends. Yeah, so we kind of touched on the one that I've been telling people to pick up, and it's Darren Waller. I mean, I think I trust him so much whether AB's there or not. Knock if you're with me. Yeah, 100%. He's my boy. I I like him. He's tall. He's talented. I think it's going to work out really well for him. Uh, Then Jack Doyle, um, I think that he's going to be, like, for any quarterback, a safety blanket. They're tight end. And I think... You know, yeah. Jack Doyle, you know, he's my buddy. You know, I'm going to miss him the most out of anybody. You know, he was at my wedding. You know, I wish him all the best. You know, him and Jacoby, going to be a great matchup. Really looking forward to watching it at home. You know, you know happy June. It works out, man. There, it's He's he's going to save him. I, I, it's going to be needed because he's going to have the Chargers D come at him, and that's going to be your outlet, him and Mac. That's the two players I am really kind of trusting for that game from the Colts uh at that same point we're going to a team that is also probably going to get beaten pretty bad and it's going to be a effort if he's available I'm definitely think that's a good option to trust and I just I'm not trusting Mixon I'm I'm worried about it and I think that he's going to be the one that you're going to want um in that same game I guess you can also see Noah Fant he's going to be right there uh just one of those players that I, I has that potential, uh, and I think it's going to be a solid tight end. And then everybody's favorite, Disley for Seattle. I think he's going to be one of the pass catchers for Wilson and that short year target that really isn't there. But yeah, so I think that's the guy I'm liking. And with Reed being in the concussion issue and Pro- everything protocol. else protocol. yeah I, I understand it's a protocol but it's one of those things that you can't really judge i'm keeping an eye on vernon davis because i think that's going to be another safety net for quarterback as you can kind of tell that's where i kind of focused i think you're going to need people that are going to save your life so you don't get a sack or fumble the ball so that's kind of why i went with those to trust First, I want to apologize to the listening public uh, because I, just, I I know I hoped like you that when Andrew Luck retired, so would Neil's impression. And yet here we are still nope. in week one. Nope. But to be fair, apparently that retires there are when more I do, people. Steve. That retires <laughs> when I do. There are still more people starting Andrew Luck this week than Josh Allen. So, I mean, to be fair, is he really out of the league? Who knows? But... I, I will agree with most of what you just said there on the tight ends. Of course, Jack Doyle, uh, Waller, who I've been down on in the preseason compared to the hype, but I've got him number 17 this week. He's an if-you're-desperate type streamer uh, on the back end there. I think that's a very interesting one. A guy that I'm slightly higher than uh, everybody else other than you know Doyle. 
obviously, is believe it or not, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, we talked about the passing game for Minnesota and how terrible that Atlanta defense is. So this is one of the few weeks I can actually endorse Kyle Rudolph because, you know, week one, it's so crazy. You know, weird things happen. Jimmy Graham is usable. So uh, even Kyle Rudolph might have value. But yeah, aside from Doyle, um, uh, for those of you who play along at home, I'm playing against Tyler Eifert. So look for the fat 15 from that. And uh, the, the one time a year he does that for you. Uh, I like Noah Fant for next year and for later in the season more than I do this week. But to your point, it's week one. Weird things happen. They're probably going to be actively trying to force the ball to him uh, whenever they get to the Remember red zone. Remember that week one when Austin Hooper had three touchdowns and like 200 yep. yards? Yep. And I was going to say the one I really like is actually Vernon Davis because it looks like Jordan Reed's going to play. And uh, I actually think he'll have a really nice week should that actually come to pass. Um, <clears throat> and then it, uh, failing that, Vernon Davis. So I've got Jordan Reed just on the back end of starting there. Uh, and that's, I'd have Vernon Davis a little bit lower, uh, if it, we found out that he was actually going to be the one plan, but still like that call. think that's a, uh, I think that's a good week, we, uh, good way to go in week one to your point, save your life. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. That was my They're best gonna bet. They're going to need a lot of help. All right. Who are your busts for this week? Well, we, we talked about Doyle, which kind of leads me to say, uh, Eric Ebron. I'm, Woo-hoo! I know. So fancy and shiny. <laughs> I just, I can't do it. I it's too much chance of him regressing and the number of touchdowns that were thrown to him last year. It's just not going to happen in my mind. I think that Doyle's going to be the one who's there is just a better player. And so I'm down on Ebron and then in Joku, I think that Landry is going to be that short area guy. And so I just don't see that value there. Bless him. Dustin off an old classic. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Neil, uh, got any busts this week at tight end? Uh, besides Ebron, which uh, which is a good one. Yeah, that, I feel like that's the yeah, that's the that's easy a, one, right? That's the fish that's in the, the barrel. Yeah, that's the easy one. Um, I'm not as high on the Will Disley as other people are, and I get why. But for my money, I think they're going to be trying to get Metcalf going, which limits some of that down the field weird Will Disley stuff that we saw last year before he unfortunately became injured. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm a little cool on the Will Disley uh, for this week. I'm a little bit more interested in him possibly like next week, week after I'd like to see him actually like, what is his role going to be in the offense? Yeah, this really would be don't. the first time to see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. You're for saying me, start him. Uh, I'm not starting We We talked won. about the Patriots at home. Uh, Vance McDonald is a guy that scares the hell out of me. He's been waiting for the opportunity forever, but uh, they just, since Heath has left, they really have not gone to anybody at tight end in Pittsburgh. So that, that one makes me extremely nervous. I really would prefer like obviously Juju or Moncrief in that offense. I trust those guys, even James Washington a little bit more. Then I would Vance McDonald, and then Evan Ingram is the other one for me. I still have him rated number six, but uh, if there's anybody that's in my top ten right now that I'm the most nervous about having ranked, it's Evan Ingram, just because we've seen how terrible that offense can look. We certainly have. They. Uh... All right, running backs. Yeah, this is going to be a longer list, so I'm going to say the guys know my love for that San Francisco game. So I want Coleman and Brita. I think they both are just going to do great work. They're both past catching back. So I think that helps. Um, yeah. And we talked about them the other day as well. Yeah. So that 
that's my feeling. I figured you guys know that one. That's pretty basic. Uh, but again, you have that ch- Chargers game where everybody's on Eckler, but Justin Jackson is going yeah, to get just as much work. seem to be overlooking Justin Jackson, which I think is a big mistake. Yeah, especially when they're going to get up. It's going to be easier to let him kind of get that rain and allow him to work through it. Um, on that same note, I really like Justice Hill, which is another guy I think is being overlooked. Ingram's in shiny new toy, but I mean, Hill has the talent. He's going to be right behind him, and I think that he actually gets more touches than Ingram does. In a game that I think that the Ravens control, they're going to have a lot more Hill in there. Frank Gore, the guy who will not die. I mean, he is going to get the touches. It's going to be that slow game, and it's just going to be an easy pick. I mean, he's pretty much available everywhere because nobody wants to touch him, in my opinion. Then Adrian Peterson is probably going to be my riskiest take here. I still think that he's the guy who is going to get the touches. I know that they said Geis is the one, but man, every time you see him, somehow he has that same kind of strength as Frank Gore. He's just pushing through and is the guy who can break that long run and everybody just sits there with their mouth open. Like, how is this guy still doing it? Then I'm going with another rookie here in Miles Sanders. Uh, I think the Eagles get up and they want to see what they have with him. This kind of bit me because I thought Montgomery was going to do the same thing, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is another one, but I really like his opportunity here, and I think that that's how they choose to really see what they got. I know that's a huge running back committee. I don't think it's actually going to be a committee. I think Sanders is a clear winner here. And then we're going to the Broncos in Oakland. I mean, everybody wants Lindsey, but it's going to be they're ahead. They're going to want to run Freeman and see what he can do. I, I really think that's a good shot for him. For the Colts, I guess, from the Chargers-Colts game, I'm going with Mac. I think he gets uh, enough touches that he's a successful running back, and it's just going to work out great for him. And then I hate to give Steve all the credit here, but, man, Duke Johnson this week one, I really feel like it's just going to do a lot of work. He's the guy who will catch that pass. I mean, he's going to be that short target. He's going to be able to find holes. It's going to work out really well. And while... The Texans do not run the ball in the red zone. They do pass, and Duke Johnson can catch those. And everybody's so high in Seattle on Chris Carson. Love it, but again, it's an overlooked back that you're having there in Rashad Penny that I'm also interested in. I think that they get up, they want to run it, and that's going to be the other guy that they use. Then another slow game. Everybody's on Derrick Henry, but Deion Lewis is going to be right there. It's that short area pass to save... Mariota's life, and I guess at that same point, it's going to be him and Walker that are in that short area. I I like him there, and I think it's going to be an awesome uh, situation for him, especially with I'm worried about the injury history with Henry and him already having a naggy one at the beginning of the year. I'm just I can't trust that. Even further down the list that people are kind of forgetting about is Kyle Juszczyk. The guy is that pounder, and I would not be surprised if you see him get a touchdown or two in that San Francisco Tampa Bay game. It's just going to be crazy. And again, another guy who's even further behind Justice Hill is Gus Edwards. I I think that he's, that game's going to be slow. They're going to use all their backs and see, well, can we maybe trade somebody later or who's going to keep value? Who's going to still be the stud? And they're going to work out both Hill and Edwards more than they will Ingram. I think Ingram's clearly their guy, but they want to see what they have. And, I think that's the good options there for a running back. Uh, Neil, any trusts for you? 
Well, I second the 49ers thing, obviously, but that's kind of low-hanging fruit. Same with Justin Jackson, because <laughs> I think there's going to be more run there than people are giving him credit for based on the rankings that I've seen. As far as the uh, the Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay thing, I actually see that differently. I don't really see the Broncos being able to come out and just establish some sort of definitive lead from what I've seen from the Broncos thus far. If they're going to be able to do it, it's going to have to come through Emmanuel Sanders, and we'll get into that later. Because the rest of that offense doesn't seem to have any kind of cohesion other than Philip Lindsay. And yes, I agree, Royce Freeman is going to be involved, but uh, I don't consider uh, Philip Lindsay in the bust category for this week. I think they're gonna, it's going to be more competitive uh, than, uh, than people are kind of the narrative that people are putting forward is kind of going to go forward. Also, um, I know the Raiders kind of project to be a bad team, but they always play up for these Broncos games because it's such a huge rivalry for them. Uh, they usually kind of play out of their shoes. And I'll reference the Christmas game uh, from last year, the game that ruined Christmas uh, where I live, as they refer to it, because uh, it was literally that bad, where they just got pounded. I'm not expecting that to happen, so I'm expecting more of a competitive game on both sides. I think Philip Lindsay will do fine for you. Yeah, I'm co-signing on Old Man Gore, uh, also Darius Geis, right outside of the uh, the top 30 is a great flex play for me personally this week. Uh, Jason, you have any busts you want to get through quickly here? Yeah, and it's going to be back to uh, a Patriots and Steelers game that I just... I don't see anybody really able to get anything done and so i'm not trusting connor or michelle in this game i just i can't get up on board with it and i'm worried about the usage for both uh and belichick and just stopping connor as one of the main weapons and so that's kind of what he is known for at the same point the steelers are not a defense to sleep on they're really strong especially up front and i just don't see michelle being able to really break off any of those huge runs like everybody expects him to um when you kind of look at that same point you have joe mixon there who man he's going to just get pounded that game and it it it's terrifying i mean the seahawks has added clowny and it's it's oh not something i want to touch uh then you go to another strong defense and you have devonta freeman going against the vikings which I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I just I can't say that it's the weak point. Can't for the definitively Vikings. get behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's I just I want to like him because he's going to get all the touches, and there's nobody there to help him. But man, that's one of, I I want to kind of be one of the guys who just doesn't stick on the line, and I think that's part of the reason I'm sticking with him. And then Josh Jacobs, I can't say that he's going to be the running back that they hope for. I mean, I think he's going to get a lot of touches, but at the same point, he's going to get pounded. The Broncos are a serious D, and it's one of those things that I'm, again, worried about. And uh, they still have Richard there, who is the pass catcher. And I am I agree, Jacobs can probably make some serious catches, but Richard's the guy that is the one who's going to be catching more balls. He's Jacobs literally gave him praise, saying he's probably the best pass catcher I've ever seen. Something to say there. Then you have, I mean, a lot of these people are opposite of the other. So like Philip Lindsay, I I like Freeman. I don't like Lindsay. I, I think that they're going to use Freeman more to kind of slow down the game because that's what their defense is going to do. And man, I, I just, the quarterback is just Flacco. I, I, what? I, I don't see him doing anything. And so it's going to be that, shot to Sanders and that's going to be your pass catcher. I mean, 
And then Derrick Henry on the opposite side of Deion Lewis. I like Lewis a lot, but I think it's going to be a slow game, and I don't think Henry's going to get enough touches. And really don't think he's going to be able to break off that long run that he did that made him so valuable in the last three weeks of the year. I, I just don't see it happening. And then I literally said every other back for Baltimore for my trust, and Ingram is the guy that I'm low on because everybody else is going to get the run, and they want to see what they have there. And that's the whole point of them being up is, okay, we're up. Let's see what we have, and let's test it out. So I have him as a bust as well, and that's those are my busts. I don't know what you guys think. All right, wide receivers, who do you like this week? Yeah, I told you guys at the beginning I really like Foles, and DiFilippo has said that D.D. Westbrook is the best route runner he's had, and that's saying something. I think the dude has a lot of talent. I think he's going to score. And that's just going to be an awesome game for him. Um, you know, when you started that with I really like Foles, I thought you were breaking some kind of news there. I was like, wait a minute. They converted Nick Foles? Wow. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we talked about the Broncos game, and I really like Sanders. He's going to be the guy that's going to be targeted, and it's going to work out really well. Um, I think that the – Texans game is going to be another huge one, another high-scoring game because it's Saints, Texans. I think Fuller is going to be the guy. I think that he's going to get the touchdown. He's going to be – all he needs is that one, and he's going to fly down and oh, man. get it. You caught me without the hamstring drop ready, and I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself. No, uh, we're give you the new drop. I, uh, oh, it's wrong. It's all, all right, just wrong. do me a favor. Assuming he makes it through this week, next week, could you bring Will Fuller back up in the same segment? I would appreciate it so I could use the drop. Now, I know that's asking a lot for him to make it through a whole game, but if he does, I would really appreciate it. You can use it on QT next week. Yeah, that too. Either one. (laughs) Kenny Stills in his debut. Anything. Yeah, anything. It does work for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all right, and then uh, let's see. You have anybody else there? Fuller. Yeah, you guys. Big scoring games. It's going to be Dante Pettis. He's a guy who's just going to get out there and. Somewhere they want Aiden, Aiden just heard that. I don't know how he heard it, but somehow his, his Dante Pettis senses just went off. Perfect. They should. Just got a beast. shiver like Spider Man. Like all of his. He's got the goosebumps going. Aiden loves Dante Pettis at a level that I, that I find almost unreasonable. <laughs> Well, everybody's down on him right now, and I just I, I understand there's a lot of bad hype, but he's going to be the guy, and I like it there. I mean, and then I guess probably my more controversial one is going to be the one I said earlier with Michael Gallup. Like, the dude's just going to go off, and that's going to be who the only option that, if Dak is the one throwing it, he sees. And I like that a lot. Uh, and then I guess the young Kyler Murray, I think that him and Kirk have that connection from college and it's just going to work out and that's a reason to have him as a trust yeah i think gallup's an interesting one as a breakout candidate mostly because he's so like undervalued and underowned right now that just for a flyer for literally nothing you could own as much michael gallup as you wanted i mean if you believe in that that strongly too not to go full aiden but that's a dfs thing because his price tag is really low for this week so and for uh we we've seen amari cooper consistently be terrible at football so it wouldn't be stunning for someone to outplay him and take over the number one spot there that's not i mean that wouldn't be the biggest shot call ever especially with the way cole beasley played somebody has to fill that type of role right 
to, to be the volume target guy. So Gallup's yeah, an interesting right? one for sure. How about uh, busts that you don't like this week? You brought him up. Cooper, I'm not a fan. I don't like that situation, and I think Gallup is the one that really shines. So he's there. Um, with all the injury stuff going on, I'm not a fan of Diggs. I mean, even if he does come out and play, I'm not touching him. It's not going to happen for me. And then Lockett being the only one, he's going to get all of the defense. And I just I don't see him really doing anything. Like it's not going to be super shining, and they're going to run the ball. Um, I guess my more controversial one is actually going to be uh, Brandon Cooks. I just how dare you, sir? <laughs> right. I love the offense, but I think it's going to be them working out Cup, and I think that that's going to be who is the guy. Oh, okay. If you want to praise Cooper Cup, then you can bash everybody else <laughs> as much as you want. That's fine. Yeah, Cup is the man. That's I love him for this week, and I've been telling everybody on the Fantasy Life app to do the same thing. He's he's the guy there. Uh, and I don't like Jarvis Landry this week. I just can't get behind him. I, I must be down on the Browns. You? How dare you, sir? How dare you? It must be it. I, I must just be down on the Browns because I can't do Clearly it. Clearly, you just hate the Browns. Yeah, you just hate the city of Cleveland and all of its residents. And so maybe Chubb shows up. Well, yeah, they're uh, they're used to it. If it's any consolation for you. Yeah, they um, need to get back there for a second. <laughs> and then I believe there was one last one on there. Unless you're DJ Moore. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan because I think it's going to go to Samuel and CMC, and that's they've been hyping up Samuel all off season and. Everybody wants to see it, and I think they will. So I'm down on DJ Moore for that reason. Can't really push back on that too much, especially because you're praising Christian McCaffrey, which we will always allow here. Uh, as far as as far as where I'm with you, I'm I'm with you on the Sanders from the trust category for sure. I think that's that's very much how that game's going to go, and that's really who Flacco is going to be looking for. Frankly, uh, San Emmanuel Sanders isn't human. <laughs> I don't know how he and I are the same age. That's a that's one of those like the dude's Wolverine. I don't know how he's managed to come back from all those surgeries and look how he looks. It's it's a medical marvel. So you can't dunk over a goalpost at, after getting nope. ACL reconstruction? Sure can't. Sure can't. <laughs> I, I tore my ACL just thinking about that. Actually, that's uh, that's how that's what just happened. Um, no, I cannot. Just the videos of him running around in the preseason games. It's it's insane. There's already seems to be some chemistry going, but frankly, it's not surprising because he's the most polished guy. His routes are the best. Cortland Sutton's routes don't look anything like Emmanuel Sanders' routes yet. It's kind of frustrating, actually, <laughs> Rocco person standpoint. Uh, so I'm totally with you on the Sanders. I think that's gonna, he's going to have a huge day. I'm also with you on the Diggs bust thing, as much as it pains me uh, to do that, because I'm genuinely concerned about uh, his availability at this point. And I may, I do not want to, but I may have to lower him from my ranks if we don't get some good news here uh, in the very near future. But I am completely against you on this Jarvis Landry hatred. This. This will not stand. You will hear from our attorney. Uh, that is that is slander. Jarvis Landry is going to have a monster week catching all them lovely, lovely dump offs when he's not triple covered anymore. Uh, in terms of guys that I'm trusting this week higher on than everybody else, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, I, I've talked about all preseason how I think he's got the most consistent role in that offense. Uh, along those same lines, obviously, everybody knows my hatred of Tyreek Hill, so I won't even waste your time with that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Marvin Jones, another guy who really has been flying completely under the radar. You mentioned Matt Stafford earlier. They have that great matchup with Arizona. I feel like there's a great possibility that Marvin Jones is going to get caught wide open at some point in this game for a big touchdown. 
and is going to be able to basically generate enough fantasy points to be a wide receiver two in one play at some point on Sunday. So Marvin Jones, I feel like, is being really underutilized this week. And then T.Y. Hilton scares the bejesus out of me. I just, (laughs) I don't, look, the connection with Jacoby Brissett could be there. You know, they could be just fine, but you're playing a really good defense in the Chargers on the road, you know, playing in that neutral location. Uh, so it's just it's really difficult for me to to back Ty when he's going as you know a top twenty guy this week and you, the price tag you have to pay for him in DFS especially compared to where I think he'll actually be able to finish is uh, more than enough to scare me away. I just yeah. I had one last thought, which is I kind of tossed it off earlier, but uh, if Julio Jones somehow doesn't play, and even if he does. Uh, People hate Mohamed Sanu, and I'm still struggling to figure out why. No. And if and if uh, and if Julio didn't play, oh my God, this guy becomes the limit for Mohamed Sanu, and that's a guy that frankly is still out there on the waiver wire and way too many. So that's that was the one note that I took away from ranking the uh, the Falcons game. Yeah, man, it's fantasy life is great for that, just for the fact that they are always the ones that give you those alerts first thing, and I I just I love seeing the stuff that pop, comes across and. That's definitely one of the reasons that I like being on the app so much is the fact that they are the first ones to break pretty much everything. It's stupid. Absolutely. It's a great resource to uh, to be able to get information, to connect with people like us on a regular basis as quickly as possible, and to get as much you know news as quickly I mean, as possible. They're faster than Twitter. Like Twitter, it takes a second to kind of like punch through all the noise that goes on there, whereas this, it just... It, it's designed to just push you these alerts. So again, uh, if you want to get questions in next week, it would be that ffnerd at gmail.com, correct? Yes. Or Jason underscore Draven at importantnonsense.com. You can find me at nonsense underscore Steve at nonsense underscore Neil. Uh, Neil and Steve both individually at importantnonsense.com as always. And then through the website and uh, any other platform. So Jason, thank you again joining us great show yeah, great thank show. you yep yeah guys it's always a blast love hanging out so this is going to be a weekly thing i'm pretty excited for it that's right that's right yep, so we'll excited. be back uh next week for more trust or busts and uh me and neil will be back on wednesday so until then just keep up the nonsense have a six days that's that's the conversion <laughs> that's the change <laughs> that, was the, one, that was the one that was the one that i really <laughs> In that uh, moment, I panicked, realized I didn't come up with anything in the last two days, and I reached down, and that was what was there the time. for me. And it was so aggressively bad that we're uh, going to keep it, because it's right yeah. on brand with the website <laughs> and with us. So I will think of something better eventually, but for now, I'm just going to keep doing terrible, terrible ones, because it's funnier that way. It's significantly funnier that way if it's terrible. Uh, oh god we're gonna keep all exactly. this by the way this no, is keep great it all, i'm keep keeping it all this in. all That's this fine. is fantastic yeah, they, they can, this is yeah. better than the, we'll just take them behind the curtain even when they don't want to go it's yeah, usually what go. we do here <laughs> just keep up the nonsense important nonsense where we have the show meeting during the show as always music for the important nonsense podcast is provided by lee rosevere lame genie and try tachyon Thank you for listening and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.